Hello and good day to all of you to another episode of Fool's Daily. I'm Conrad and I'm, today I'm joined by Mr Milliband. <laughs> Hello. I'm no, it's not, it, it's not Mr Milliband because you'd be too busy because it probably, it's our past election day now. It's, it's Jimmy. Hello there, uh, I'm Jimmy. You might have heard me recently talking about Batman, but I'm here to talk no, about depends. something else. Yeah, it depends on uh, when Mike puts this out, because uh, if he's being kind, he'll put it out soon. If he's being mean, he may leave it a few years. <laughs> <laughs> so Jimmy Baldstone, you don't need to do this, any intros on who you are. But apart from Batman, you also play a game, a small game called Bolt Action. Yeah. Uh, Bolt Action is designed by Warlord Games was released 2012 uh, and has been slowly building up a uh, quite a following at the moment and I believe I didn't realize it was that I didn't realize it was 2000 it was it's quite an old game really didn't yeah it? a couple really of years old. yeah uh, I believe it was that was from my Wikipedia just before I came <laughs> <laughs> yeah I kind of thought it might have been <laughs> first published in 2012 by Osprey so. Oh, so they, they kind of took it over, which mm, explains the Forces books then, yeah. which are, are Osprey badged as well, I believe. Yes, they are. They're, uh, they also use a lot of the Osprey art that everyone will be familiar with if they've read an Osprey book before. Lots which of, is always high quality yeah. anyway. But Bolt Action, I mean, it's what genre is it? Uh, it's World War Two at the moment. Does that mean guns and things? It means guns, machine guns, Nazis, uh, Americans coming in late, and all the usual World War Two tropes. And, and tanks. And tanks. Tanks more so recently. So, but we can touch on that a bit later if you want. Oh, okay. So, what scale is it? Um, the standard scale that Warlord sell is uh, 28 mil. Uh, and they use 156 scale vehicles. Uh, but just like any other game, you could probably use it any scale, really. Uh, when our club first got into it, we were going to use 15 mil, because we all play Flame of the War. So we thought, oh, we'll just base up some Flame of the War figures. Uh, and then somebody bought a box of 28 mil models, and yeah, that quickly fell to the wayside. <laughs> <laughs> we are, after all, war gamers. Exactly. How did the 15 mil work? Because I was thinking, um, because if for anyone out there, I'm actually going to get into bolt action. Now, I miss my World War Two war gaming, and um, I have a history with Flames of War uh, V1, and I fell out of love with it because probably because I went to tournaments and I, I got bored playing the same scenarios. Um, I, I loved the eye candy, but I just it just bored me the scenarios and the same sort of you know dug in mechanics and uh, it, it lost I lost the love for the game. So I've still got my Germans, my Grenadiers, and I've got some unpainted Commandos because I was going to do a, a Brits Force as well. But, but I have missed World War Two wargaming, so I'm I'm taking the decision to to jump into to bolt action, but buying in at 28 mil but I have thought of using the Flames of War stuff but using a stand essentially as one 
one figure because bolt action's platoon level, really. Yeah, it? it's uh, probably the best comparison is with say forty k third edition, maybe, where okay. you've got a couple of squads, well, three or four squads of say ten men, uh, one vehicle, maybe a tank, an armored car, uh, some support weaponry. So it's platoon level. So you're looking at a maximum of, say, about 100 figures or so. Uh, so it's not, not too... Um, it's not too, There's not lots of models, basically. No. And also the, the tanks and vehicles don't take up a quarter of the table. No, that's true. Uh, <laughs> well, if you're using 156 ones, then they don't. Some, <laughs> some people prefer 148 scale vehicles, which are the standard, like, uh, Tamiya kits that you get. Uh, okay, so you've got variation there, basically. Yeah, so they they like them because they're a bit bigger. So yeah. and they think they look better compared to the standard twenty five twenty eight mil models. But it's all swings and roundabouts, really. Yeah. So in terms of uh, the uh, the bolt action community, are they are they frowned upon these people? Or? Uh, there's always discussions about it <laughs> <laughs> to be diplomatic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, historical war games, they make me laugh sometimes. Yeah. But yeah, okay, fair enough. So, um, platoon level as opposed to Flames of War, which is... Which is company level. Bigger, yeah, it's company level. Yeah. So, we, uh, when we were going to use 15 mil, we were just going to individually base uh, them on pennies and use that. Okay. But so, you were going to do platoon level, yeah. essentially. Yeah. But we decided to uh, to go the whole hog and jump in. Uh which is not bad because the Warlord games products are relatively cheap as well. They've got plastic box sets for most of the infantry, and you get in say thirty models for about twenty-five, thirty quid. Yeah, um, they do seem good value. You don't need that many models, so you can pick up a force for say fifty, seventy-five pounds. So yeah, it's pretty cheap. So wh- I mean, there are the other are the games are the armies pointed so you're looking at the same points uh, in terms of a game or what sort of size games are you playing you said a hundred figures already yeah what size well the standard army size at the moment for a standard infantry battle is say a thousand points mm-hmm. uh, for reference a standard regular infantry man is 10 points okay so the maximum you could ever have is a hundred Obviously, guns cost more, artillery costs more, tanks are about between like 200 and 300 points, depending on which ones. Yep. So you're not going to get a lot of vehicles in it. Uh, it's still does, does the quality, does, is there any sort of uh, point <coughs> increase or decrease for quality of troops? Uh, well? Yes, there is. You get uh, inexperienced, regular and veteran troops. Okay. Uh, and they vary in points, so it's... Uh, 13 points for a veteran, uh, 10 points for a regular, and how much is it? Inexperienced. Inexperienced is 35 for 5, so that's 7 points each. Okay, so you've got, it's similar to Flames of War, you've got concept, 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 if I put my teeth back in, of uh, quality of troops as well. Yeah, and that uh, is reflected in the rules on how hard it is for them to get killed. Okay. So, uh, or not get killed. Yeah, veteran <laughs> troops are harder to wound than inexperienced troops, basically. 
So typically, um, I mean, I've I've had a flick through the the rule book, and it seems to me that you have a choice of these reinforced platoons at a thousand points, which are sort of uh, a mixture list, I'm guessing. Um, but they've also put out army books for the various nations out there, which allow you to have a more flavoured stroke historical theme and sort of five particular periods of, of World War Two. Yeah, that's right. Uh, in the main rule book that you get at the back, there are a section of, I told them, like, get me by army lists. Okay. So, like, standards, you've got the standard things, like infantry, guns, tanks, uh, for each of the forces. But they release a, an army book for each country. So yep. for Germany, United States, England. There's one for the lesser Axis nations and the lesser allies, like the French, the Finnish, Finns, the Romanians, the Bulgarians, all sorts of... Uh, Norwegians sorts of as well. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, um, they contain a lot more units. So they've got all sorts of things that, that were ever used during World War Two, And then at the back of them, they have what they call theatre lists. Right. Which uh, typically look at a, a certain year or a certain few months or a certain action, and they detail what units you can take. So they uh, compress it down a bit. So you can only take a panther in late war. Uh, you can only take one of the lighter tanks in an earlier battle of like the Blitzkrieg, yeah. things like that. So, uh, but unlike Flames of War, everything's balanced together. So you can play an early war 1940 list versus a 1944 late war list. Oh, cool. There's no concept of ages like you get in uh, Flames of War. Because that was a problem with Flames of War with the... Uh... With the late war stuff, because clearly, you know, with with the technology advances during during the war, things got better. Yeah, it doesn't work. It doesn't make that much more of a difference in bolt action because instead of taking like fifteen tanks, you're only going to have one. So yeah, so if you can't hurt so it. Not that. I was going to say it's, it's it's pointed correctly then, or as, as as you know, what you would think would be correct to try and balance. The fact that you, as you said, you could play early and early versus late, sort of thing. Yeah. Okay, that's really cool. I didn't know that about that. That's um, that's real. But um, in in terms of where where you start, is it best to start with these reinforced these get me by lists? Yeah, you can do because they uh, contain everything that you need in them. Uh, they've got a variety of infantry lists, uh, a variety of squads, support weapons, so you can use those perfectly fine. Is that where you start? Uh, yeah, pretty much. And then, how long was it before you um, progressed on to uh, the... Uh... Not long at all. <laughs> <laughs> that's what's worried <laughs> me, <laughs> having bought the British book on PDF as well. Yeah, that's another thing. All the, uh, the books are available on uh, electronic downloads as well. So, And normally you can get them quite cheap off Amazon and places like that. So. Oh, I didn't know that. So are they cheaper off Amazon than Woolworths? Uh, yeah, you can do. Uh, sometimes... Because they're sold by Osprey, they've been uh, distributed by standard bookshops as well as yep. gaming shops. So you get places like Books Etc. and uh, 
everywhere that doesn't cheap online. So. Oh, I'm not, I'll um, I'll take that on board because these books are a full colour hardbacks, aren't they? Uh, the army books are softback. The, the uh, rule book. rules book is a hardback. Okay, so the rules book is about twenty twenty five quid, isn't it? Something yeah, like and it's about two two hundred pages. Yeah. And uh, the army books, what about twelve fifteen? Yeah, quid? something like that, about ten to fifteen pounds. Uh, they've also just started releasing uh, theatre books or campaign books, which are specified on certain ages. So they've just released one for the Eastern Front. Uh, they're releasing one for the Pacific War in the future. So that's where they're going with the book. Uh, okay, I didn't know that. <laughs> I've got as far as the the different army books as well. So uh, they're obviously he- they're heavily supporting this product by the way, yeah, aren't they? Um, all right, then. So we've got an idea of of, of what you need and and the stuff that's out there in terms of uh, the variation of forces. I wanted to talk briefly about the gameplay in this game because from what I've seen, I've watched a few videos and these are videos I've actually sat through from start to finish and and watched avidly. There is no real concept of you go, I go in this game, is there? No, that's one of their uh, unique selling points uh, for the game is the activation system. So yeah. normally you either play, I go, you go, I do my entire turn, you do your entire turn, uh, or you do alternate activations, I do yeah. one unit, you do one unit. This one mixes it up a bit. Um, when you start, you have the concept of order dice, and you get an order dice for every unit in your list. So say you've got 10 units, you get 10 order dice. Okay. Uh, at the start of the game, you put those into a bag for each side, so you've got a mix of dice. And then at the start of every turn, you draw a dice out of the bag, and that's who gets to activate a unit. And then you continue drawing dice out until all the dice have gone from the bag. Right. So you could end up activating all your units first, but that'd have to be quite a, a rare occurrence. Yes, yes. I, I have heard talk of uh, of uh, a, a game with Rick Pre- Rick Priestley and um, Alessio because the, these um, the rules were originally written by Alessio and Rick, weren't they? Yeah. Mainly, um, and I think Rick had they had fourteen dice each in in the bag, and Rick pulled out thirteen on the trot, trot essentially, um, which and I think this is one of the the brilliant things about this game is the fact that it changes the momentum of the game depending on how those order dice are pulled out because one minute you're sort of it seems to be that you're you've got the initiative as such but then depending on what happens with with those dice being pulled out you can be easily put on the back foot because the other side gets to activate and react and do stuff um, and it just seems to me that the whole concept of this game really puts you in the mindset of you know, and and you're out, you're on the battlefield in in a situation where things are happening, and you're you're potentially it's out of your control, and then it's back in your control type thing. And I, and I think that sounds for me, having not played a game, 
this it sounds really exciting. Yeah, definitely. It's a lot more involved than say Flames of War, where one person sits back and digs in all their troops, and the other person runs towards them. Uh, yeah, because you've got to uh, balance the risk and reward. You don't know. You might be able to activate two units one after another. Uh, or that unit that you've just moved out might be left unsupported and get blasted to pieces. So, yep. yeah, it's definitely uh, a lot more swiggy as it can be. There's, there's, there, I, I, and I think, you know, standard war games, you play Malifaux yeah. like myself, you could you can kind of plan stuff uh, and plan a little bit ahead. I know it sounds a bit advanced for somebody of me, you know my playing capability, but I do do that occasionally. Um, I just feel as though you you can't necessarily do so much of that in this sort of game, and I, and that really excites me. Yeah, you've definitely got to think on your feet a bit more. You can't go in with a set plan because obviously it's going to change. No plan yep. survives contact with the enemy, as they say. <laughs> so, um, coupled with that, this whole dice bag mechanism. I think at the end of the turn, once all the dice have gone out gone been distributed they go back in the bag yeah. and i think you lose dice for units essentially that have been destroyed yeah anything that's been destroyed uh you lose units from so you only get them yeah. for surviving units so that also brings the game around a bit where you might not want to go for their strongest unit you might want to pick off the lesser smaller units in order to reduce the number of of a chance of them getting dice out next turn. Yeah. So is there a concept of game length at all? Uh, yeah, dep- uh, depending on the scenario. Uh, so the base scenarios you get in the rule book, there's six of them. Uh, you mean there's more? That, that, there's, there's, there's an inference that you get more. Well, generally. there's six in the book, and then there's some that have been released in the campaign books. Uh, oh, the ones okay. in the campaign books are more thematic uh, scenarios, not necessarily balanced. Uh, they're more so we're historical talking war, Are we talking films? Type uh, more like <laughs> actions, like uh, oh, okay. paratrooping into uh, France for D-Day and yep. crossing bridges and taking bridges and things like that, where you have... I mean, like, there, may have been, there may well have been films yeah, like that, based on real history. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the standard six in the book are your standard tournament spec uh, missions, uh, which are st- probably about six turns each. That, so, I mean, how long does a 1,000-point game take, then? Uh, as for like every game, it's pretty standard, like, say, two hours, two and a half hours, something like that. Uh, All right, so... It's just, as every game seems to be about the same length, which seems to yeah. be quite a sweet spot for them. But, the scenarios, um, are they balanced? Uh, yeah, they're pretty much. There's a couple in there that some people don't like. Like There's one there called Top Secret, which uh, most people are aware that needs a little bit of settling with, because uh, it's a bit easy for one side to just rush the objective uh, and run off with it. That one's based on one objective in the middle, and one side has to get a unit to the objective, pick it up, and then run off the table. So right. if one side's particularly more mobile than the other one, they can get it, say, turn two, and leg it before the other side even has a chance to uh, 
to get near them. So that's so does the does the other t- side have to stop them doing yeah. that, or have they got um, have they got the objective to get the the top secret stuff as well? Yeah, they've both got the same objective, and the first person right. that takes it off their board edge wins. So that can be a little bit one sided, uh, but the other five are pretty uh, pretty balanced. But from a from a, um, a narrative sort of visual thing, that uh, that top secret thing just sounds so much fun as well. Yeah, definitely. They're very uh, cinematic. A lot of people describe what actually as say like Hollywood World War Two. So they're all quite obviously based in films and things explode. Uh, greatly and units can be wiped out quite quickly but yeah. uh, it's definitely on the uh, the more gamey side than the standard historical this is hugely historically accurate and neck beardy but, but to be fair that's kind of where I'd like my World War 2 war game yeah. to be because if you want to sort of go down about you know the velocity of a of a, a particular type of gun and the range of the gun and all that sort of stuff, then there's probably other rule sets out there, and I, I don't necessarily want to re- reenact a, a, a battle with that amount of accuracy. Yeah, this is more about playing a game rather than historically recreating a certain yeah. uh, battle. So, um, the last thing I wanted to cover. I know the game uses six-sided dice. You know, there's a concept of hitting and, and things like that. Um, we've talked. You talked briefly about events, which means that there is an event scene out there as well. Uh, yes, there is. Uh, there is a Facebook group, uh, the Bolt Action Facebook group. that's on there, which is run is by. It, is, it, is it open? Uh, I think so. I think it might be one you have to apply for. Uh, but uh, it's on Facebook. I, I think I think I might do that now. <laughs> uh, there's a couple on there. I think there's Bolt Action, and then there's the Bolt Action UK and Ireland. Uh, and they've got a lot of people on there that play the game, but they also get a lot of the Warlord staff on there as well. Which one should I go to, Jimmy? Which one? Uh, go to both of them. Well, I see Bolt Action, and I see Bolt Action 28 mil World War Two miniature game. God, there's an island one and an international one. I'll have a look and see which one. Yeah, I think it's just a standard bolt-action one. There was a little yeah, bit of a, uh, a thing between the two, but politics uh, waiting to play, I think. <laughs> Apparently I've joined. There you go. Uh, so they have a list of uh, events in there uh, and things like that. So, uh, But, as I said, they've got... Uh, people that play the game, and also Warlord staff on there as well. Yeah. So uh, that's quite a good resource to find information about the game, find event, information about events. Uh, well, I mean, what's the, the size of a typical uh, BA? Look, oh, look, I'm using the using the vernacular now. So <laughs> what's, what's the sort of typical size? You, you've been to a few events? Uh, I've been to a couple. Uh, I played it at BritCon last year. Uh, and I think there was maybe 10, uh, 10 players. So you're looking at, it's still a relatively small scene. Yeah. Uh, so you're not looking at 50, 60 players, etc. You're looking at yeah. maybe 16, uh, 20 players or so uh, for a tournament. Uh, I know around the world it's getting quite big. In Australia and America, uh, they've got uh, quite big tournament scenes. Uh, 
I think the UK scene is still on its way up. Uh, but as well as tournaments, you also get campaign days. Oh, uh, yes. So we did one a couple of months ago uh, for the Battle of... Uh, is it Remagen? I can't pronounce it properly. But the, uh, yeah. the Germans uh, defending a bridge for the Americans. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we uh, arranged a big, massive table. Uh, I think it was like a 10-foot by 4-foot table and a bridge in between that and another 10-foot by 4-foot table uh, and a whole day-long scenario. Did you have sort of various people with their 1,000-point forces yeah. on different sides, on allies and, and axes? Yeah, we had, say, three, uh, three generals on each side. Uh, one was defending the bridge, one was the reserves coming on, one was the holding uh, force. So, yeah, it was a really good, uh, good day. And it really lends itself to big campaign days as well as the uh, standard tournaments as well. Cool. Well, we've been running for uh, 25 minutes, so I'm going to leave it there for now. And if people want more Bolt Action Fools Dailies, then we are going to record some more, if you're all right with that. Yeah, that sounds good. And we can uh, address aspects of the game in particular, or uh, if people want to ask us questions about it, then feel free to to tweet the, the questions. But... Um, I am really looking forward to getting my stuff. Uh, I'm assuming these events are painted. Uh, yeah. That's the only downside, but I think with the um, the buzz for the game, it's something... And an airbrush. Um, I think it's something that I can probably do quite relatively quickly. Yeah, when you're thinking about uh, painting platoons of men, it's not like uh, Malifaux, uh, where you're painting individual characters. Uh, painting ten guys in standard uniform can take relatively little amounts of time because they're they're all yeah, the yeah, same. More standard. Yeah, yeah. Unless you want to do your camo, yeah, and that sort of stuff, <laughs> and your weathering on your tanks. Yeah, you can quite easily go uh, get a bit carried away with it. I, I just, I mean, I remember playing Flames of War, and we'd usually spend an hour setting up the battlefield. Yeah, and that was just the best part of it you know you'd sort of get down and start looking at the stuff and then when everything came on it was great as well but uh, uh, my worst experience of a flames of war event i was one particular battle and the guy i mean the guy played the game historically accurately is as as best as you could do that in you know in a, in a, a war game i had an 88 i had an 88 because i wanted an 88 yeah not not to power game. It's just a cool model, you know. It's it's your typical big German gun. Um, in Flames of War, it's not potentially one of the best models to invest your money and points in. But that one gun scared my opponent, and essentially he spent probably about six or seven turns trying to shoot this thing. Eventually he shot it, and at that point all his infantry advanced, yeah. and uh, he won the game. But, you know, from a from a military point of view, that was that was the correct thing to do. But from a game point of view, oh, I could have drunk quite a lot of beer. Yeah, it's a bit hard, <laughs> <isn't> it? <laughs> you know, Sitting back and pounding, dug in infantry. Historically accurate, not very fun. <laughs> yeah. So... Right, I was saying goodbye, so I'm going to say goodbye now. Thanks a lot, Jimmy, yeah, for, no, for coming on and talking to Bolt Action. I am sure that I'm going to be talking to you again. Yep.
Until then, it's goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. Bye-bye. You can contact Fools Daily on Twitter, we're at Fools Underbar Daily, or via email, foolsdaily at outlook.com.